With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Direct auto insurance is for uncompromisers. The people who refuse to make trade-offs in life. Like when Jeff's old car insurance got so expensive that he couldn't afford to drive anymore. You think he started begging for rides? No. But he did find Direct Auto's low down payment that allowed him to drive instead of compromise. With a super low down payment, you too can stop compromising and keep driving. Get a quote today at directauto.com. Rates and pay plans vary. Low down payment is not savings. Terms apply. How you buy can affect price. National General Group wins insane. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Winners and Losers from the LFC Day Trippers. That is probably um, <laughs> it's the intro that's it's it's lasted into its second week. So um, you'll have to let us know whether you like it or don't like it. Um, with me, of course, is Chris, is Davo, and we're waiting on Phil, who will be here in a couple of minutes. You know how Winners and Losers work. Um, we come along with a winner each for the weekend, a loser each for the weekend, and Phil usually throws in some mad thing at some stage to talk about. And the one he has gone for this week is mad because um, he had to tell me about it beforehand. Um if you're watching, you're very, very welcome. Hit the like button if you're in here. Subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure to share it across your social media. And, of course, put your comments in there, and we read out as many as we can throughout the show. Um, so, as it works, um, we've all brought a winner each. We've all brought a loser each. So, we'll start with Davo. And we're going to start with your loser this week, Davo. Oh, we go with the loser. Yeah. Um, right, me losers this week. Uh, I was just flicking around last night, taking on all the content, obviously, uh, on Twitter and that social media. 
after the win, buzzing. And I just came across, uh, actually, friend of the tripper, Daniel Starry, Gaff, you've been on with before, hasn't yeah. he? A good few times with you. And he was tweeting about, he didn't say, he actually said it was hundreds of Chelsea fans singing abusive songs. As the, as the crowd was leaving, he was more saying, well, I didn't realise fans were allowed to mingle like this when they were leaving, but maybe it's a case that nothing could be done down Wembley Way or whatever it was singing disrespectful songs about Hillsborough and really getting in the faces of Liverpool fans. And I repeat, like he said, it was hundreds. He said it wasn't just 10 lads, he says it was hundreds. 97 wasn't enough, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I don't, I don't want to say what other ones he, he was saying like that. So, listen, they have, we've seen before, the, the, they have a reputation. Obviously, the, uh, the underground of Paris not letting that gentleman on the train. Um, amongst other things, I've anecdotally I've got a mate who's a sports fan who was at Wembley before around I think it was an FA Cup semi final. It was around Hillsborough time, and they build the minute silence. So they do a previous. So I think really I don't know. It's not all I know. A couple of Chelsea fans, and a couple of season ticket holders, good lads. My old man followed them when he was younger. Loosely, Peter Osgood, Peter Bernetti. Thank God he wasn't hugely into them. I'd be following them myself. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, look, I think they've really let themselves down really 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 let themselves down but as I said look at they've got previous that element of their fans is, is there and it's uh, it's certainly been front and centre uh, on numerous occasions for them it's not um, just taking this on its, on its own merits this incident um, Daniel Story does um, in a number of tweets reference what went on after the game yesterday um, and then it, follow, it was followed up by some Liverpool fans that um you know, would be quite prominent on Twitter mm. and quite prominent in, I suppose, fan media. Um, mentioned that. I'm not going to say the names because you can probably get hounded, but they followed up with, yeah, like, you know, people leaning out of um, train carriages to shout at Liverpool fans. And I think Daniel Story re- referenced one in particular where there was a man with his young son having yeah, stuff yeah. absolutely thrown in his face, you know, um, stuff thrown in his face with regards to um, Hillsborough and other other things, you know. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stay quiet for a minute. Um, okay, so, so, you know, the Chelsea fans, from from what I could make out yesterday, like Daniel Story is saying that there was, uh, you know, a good lot of them shouting certain things at Liverpool fans with regards to certain incidents that we we're not going to give them the, we're not going to air them because why should we? But. Just the whole way they come off yesterday was a bit mad. Like I've seen, I've seen some stuff where, you know, they're accusing Liverpool of cheating yesterday. Um, they're accusing Liverpool of doing this, doing that, doing that, doing the anthem, and it's it's quite clear that when the anthem starts there yesterday, Liverpool starts singing "You Never Walk Alone," and Chelsea fans are booing "You Never Walk Alone" while the anthem's going on. It was all a bit mad, but like we're still in that day and age that regardless of what Liverpool fans have done. Um, you know, or proved with regards to certain incidents, you're still going to get this. And that was just never going to end. You know, it, no matter how much evidence they're shown or um, decisions that are made in an official capacity, it's just never going to end. Chris, like, you can't ignore it because if it's happening with a load of people, especially with a man with a young young boy that's walking out of Wembley yesterday, it, you know, it's, it's not nice, but there's no way of stopping a Chris, is there? There's just no way. Like, sorry, Chris. No, just no. before, I be, sorry, Chris. Just before I interrupt, there, Gav, I am. I have to say, I am just literally stunned at your top there. It looks like the Aha video 
Right. Just, I know, but it, it looks like it looks like you're half cartoon, half human, and you're you're sometimes banging yourself off the wall to become human sometimes again. This is, this is phenomenal. It's it's a really nice top. It's really uh, comfortable. Not the one you wear when you're cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear this one. I just I, honestly, I, Martin Hackett's going to come out with a screen now, and I mean, I'm going to be really impressed when this happens. Well, if he does, uh, um, Chris, <laughs> I just want to say your your setup is lovely, Chris. Show and I can fuck no, thanks very much. Look, look at Chris's setup. There's not a hint of a bloke sticking a jersey on a sweeping brush or hanger anywhere in the background. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fucking well impressed with that. And then Davo, I'm looking at yours and man, that's a mess. You look like a geometric maze. I don't know what's going on. Mine looks like I'm in the middle of, of, of ah, that's uh, just, that's a Ukrainian a basement of, or I'm, I'm sticking the ground maybe. outside in Putin's gaff or something like that. It's just hiding. You know what I mean? Someone's had a look a mess. Yeah, and I was someone that says I look a mess tonight. I've been up since five and I actually had um, an interesting start today because it is Monday, as we all know, um, and I was going down in the dark to get the bottle for the baby so he didn't wake up. We were trying to keep him asleep, but this was about quarter to six this morning, and uh, I thought the last stair was actually four stairs up, and then I used my head to stop uh, getting down the stairs. So it was an interesting start to Monday. I basically used my face as a braking mechanism, and I definitely wouldn't recommend using your face as a braking mechanism. Uh, it's not a good way to start the Monday. So... With that, anyway, back to the football and uh, whatever we're talking about. I think Chris was, was going to answer a question about eight minutes ago until you interrupted. <laughs> and funny enough, when you interrupted, you said, Chris, before you interrupt, he wasn't interrupting, he was asked a question. Just uh, to bang, the head. bang Chris, the head. Makes a change. It is normally me interrupting, to be fair. Chris. Back in a minute. There's not, he's gone now. Um, there's there's nothing that can be done. Like I'm not saying there's nothing that can be done about it, you know, uh, bar educating people. But even educating people just doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's just... It's never going to end this. No, it's 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 that cultural thing now of one-upmanship and I know I could say this and I can say what I want because I know it will outrage you. It's how do I get on the Liverpool fan's skin? There are certain things I'll say. I look, there are Liverpool fans who will sing certain and say certain things to other, other clubs to do the same thing. We saw it with the United-Leeds thing uh, last weekend. You know, certain United fans waving Turkish flags. You know, it's... You can try and educate, but I don't think these people are educating. The only thing you could do is, if the clubs or the FA really want to stop stuff like that, is you've got to get them out of the game. And the only way to get them out of the game is identify them and stop them going. And in this day and age, Christ, the evidence CCTV, evidence monitors, you can find them if you want to. Like we saw it with the England, we saw it with England nonsense in the world, in the world, uh, the Euros. You, you're not telling me you, you don't know who those England fans were who were causing all the trouble outside of Wembley and were singing obscenities and things like that. You, you know who they are. Most of them are probably the Wembley season ticket holders. You can find them. But they just like to do the outrage stuff in the press. Oh, it's very terrible. But then they then the, go, well, people will talk about it in a week's time. They're not interested. I, I just think it's uh, like Davos picked, Davos picked this uh, as as the Chelsea fans. And, you know, I have to, put, I have to say, I've seen other footage Yesterday after the game with Chelsea fans talking about the game, no problem. And you know, Daniel Story was quite shocked at how he could mingle after this game. But there would have been loads of that yesterday, and you didn't hear of any trouble or anything like that. But it just seems to be that if the result doesn't go the right way, all of a sudden it's like, oh, um, we're going to have an issue with this, and this is what we're going to do. This is the only outlet we have is to shout this stuff. I like a man with his child. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do it, why don't you? Walk right into the middle of the Liverpool fans and show it. 
If there's a hundred of you, walk right into the middle of Liverpool fans and do it. They don't. You know, it happened it happened a while back, I think, with Shrewsbury fans before the FA Cup game. Um, mm. Shouting stuff while in Liverpool. They were literally on a back street in Liverpool doing it. But they're not walking into, they're not walking up into the Arkles or the Park or the Twelve Man or, or whatever and doing this. They just aren't. You know what I mean? It just, seems, it just seems we to be saw a Leicester as well. Huh? We saw the Leicester. We saw the Leicester fans in yeah, the yeah, finals. Yeah. I, I, and you, and to be honest, he could tell. Um, Jota did an interview about it, mm. and he says he could hear it all at half time. He said, and that's why he went berserk when he scored the winner. Patrick scored the winner, and he told the Leicester fans where to go, which a lot of them didn't take very kindly to. Um, but. You know nothing, but then the um, how can I put it? The uh, barometers of morality in the in the media, we all know who they are. Um, in the press, don't really bring that sort of stuff up. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to open that kind of worms because then they've got to really stick to it, and they don't <laughs> want to do it. Yeah, Phil. Anything from you on this? Um, the the whole Chelsea fans in their hundreds, according to Daniel's story saying that um, shouting different things at Liverpool fans after the game and in particular he noticed a man with a I, I presume the, the boy must have been 10 or 11 somewhere around that age and they're having trust on like literally being right in their face hundreds of uh, Chelsea fans doing this there's just no stopping the feel do you believe that or do you, do you think there's anything that can be done I've, I've said this before on uh, the previous pod in its previous incarnation Um I don't care, right? Football's all about tribalism. It's all about pissing at each other off. Um, I know people don't like it. I know it's not seen as the sports sportsman-like behaviour. I know it's not um, fair, or and it's I can't. Sometimes it isn't nice, but it's designed to ride you up. It's what it's what they used to do going into battle hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. It, it reaches out to a base part of our system. It's why football attracts men and young men and people full of testosterone because it takes us back into a time in our existence when it was much more tribalistic and antagonistic. And the more that they can throw stick at us, the more we get annoyed. Right? The Liverpool fans recently have been sort of sitting saying, you know, there should be some rules and stuff around it. But sadly, when it comes to supporting and tribalism, there are no rules around it. There's very few things that are off the table in terms of what you can do. And whether we can like it or we can lump it, we can point out the rights and wrongs that are involved in it. But we've had moments when we've had chance that people wouldn't be proud of nowadays. Um, And it's just the way it is. You know, we can give out about it. I hear every single time these things happen you know it's the same that's terrible and they're terrible and yeah look I think it's idiot it's 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 the idiocy of screaming at a man and a 10 year old boy like I've, I was there in, in in the Italian stadium in 1990 Gav when, when the English fans with their, their hooliganism infamy across Europe and were basically weren't allowed to drink before the games right um, and I saw it they didn't care who they were chanting at but it just sort of and look, I'm not telling telling secrets. I've, 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 well, one of the things I did when I was in university years ago was write a thesis on hooliganism and tribalism in football, and this is this is something that I studied. So it's not like I'm completely alien to to what's going on or, or don't have an idea around it. It's just 
I don't know. I've probably come to accept it a long time ago that this is part of what makes football so attractive to us. It's something that drives us. It's something that brings people into it because even though we have the negative connotations, then you have all the positive ones. Think of all the great songs we've come up with as a fan base. Think of all the things that that really make the match going experience the thing to live for. Think of like the the Jota song recently. Think of the the, the fan parks in Madrid. You do have this negative element but there is all this positivity and it's very hard to separate one from the other. And I don't know. I actually don't know if I want to see it separated. There's something, there is something about being made, you know, to want to scream and shout back even louder than the opposition fans. Cause they pissed me off that that sort of does attract me to football. And that, that's just my own opinion. It's not, it's, it's nothing like I, I don't, people are allowed to have different opinions. That's just mine in terms of what does attract me to football and why I like it. Yeah. James says there is a line you don't cross though, Phil. And, there is a line you don't cross, but it gets crossed. I think, you know, the way I look at this, look, there's no doubt that what's shouted at times is wrong, right? And that's not only from Chelsea fans, yes. There's loads of stuff goes on that's wrong. But it does get crossed anyway. Now, there's less of it in the grounds, I think, nowadays, because like you said, like Chris said, every seat in that ground can be seen by CCTV. Every single seat in the ground can be identified. You can identify who's in it, um, who's on the ticket and stuff like that. Now, with tickets, they get passed around, but still you can identify somebody, right? But I'm wondering, is the, is the way to go about this? Is it, You can give out and give out and give out about it, and you, you are quite right to, you know. But what Daniel Story suggested was Liverpool fans just didn't react. Yeah, about that business and yeah. sometimes I'm not saying all the time but sometimes that's the best thing to do and literally you t- you, you basically say to someone like um, you know or you don't even say anything you just you just walk around and what happens is they actually get bored because there's no impact on what they're doing you know what I mean there's no there's no immediate impact on anyone as to what they're doing now that man could go around the corner and his son could be upset but mm-hmm. you haven't shown the person sh- shouting that, that, that that's happened and there, there is times where, you know, if if a team comes to Anfield and shouts certain things, they don't really get away with it nowadays. But even if they did, they'd be drowned out by Liverpool songs or whatever it might be. But sometimes when you see that happening outside the grounds, the thing to do is just to keep walking and just go. Mm-hmm. And and some people would say to you, well, you're not standing up for a thing. You are. You're actually, you, you, it's a, just a different way of standing up because if you don't give them the satisfaction of seeing you roiled, the next time they go to shout, they go, I don't even know if I shout that these don't not that these these aren't just I'm not getting the reaction I'm looking for. You know that sort it of way. Make, and that's all, it, also make, it also makes it also makes it look in front of the mates. Yeah. You know, yeah. a fella shouts something and, and when the tumbleweed goes across because you know the five Liverpool fans are shouting, it just walks walks off. I'm not saying laugh at it, because if you say if you shout something about certain incidents and a Liverpool fan was to laugh at it, that could be perceived as oh they don't find it do they find it funny as well, even though I'm shouting it? But there, I think there is times where you just mm. you walk away, you say nothing, and you know what? The person that shouted at this time, the chances are will they will they do it the next time? It might make them think. It absolutely might make them think. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm glad I'm glad Davo brought that up though. Um Phil, yeah to you next. I want your winner first this week. I can't remember what I said. What was it that I said? Um The League Cup. The League Cup. The League Cup. Yeah. Yeah. My winner, my winner was the one that you wanted me to talk about. It was the woman in, in no, Brazil playing no. futsal. No, don't we can't talk about her. Because we're not. Go on. Tell us your boy your winner is the League Cup. She did that. That was a trick like Ronaldinho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know. What why is the League Cup your winner? 
the League Cup for me is, has always been the winner. I hate domestic cup competitions. I'm well on, on record of saying this. I'm not changing my tune here. But I'm also on I've record. Mentioned it. And, and Davos, Davos will, will back me up on this as well. I'm also on, on record of saying that the League Cup is by far a superior competition to that shy park read that that's the FA Cup, right? I hope we never win another FA Cup again. I want them to take the FA Cup down off the wall of champions that we have you know, wherever it is. It's well that's not going to happen. Up. That's just ridiculous. I know but, and but we still, have a, we have an FA Cup to win this year so we can do a quadruple. No we don't. We're gonna we're trying to but it can't be arsed with it now. It's just that's enough. The but the League Cup, right? T- yesterday's League Cup was arguably one of the best games I've watched in in a long, long time. Like for a cup final it was mad. It was end to end. It was open. It was everything happens in it. And then it finishes with a goalkeeper scoring the winning penalty and a goalkeeper missing, not just missing, but yap stamming the ball five billion yards over the bar. Like there's a, there's a shot from behind the goal. And actually, when you see where the ball lands, how far back it lands in Wembley, it's it's, it's off the charts. For me, goal kick. For me, the, the League Cup, as we've discussed this before, Shane, but the, to me, the, the the League Cup became an undisputed winner yesterday. In It's played midweek. It doesn't impact your league campaign. It goes straight to penalties and loads of rounds. You get loads of penalty shootouts. Um, and yesterday, we got 120 minutes of absolute madness. We had offside goals, onside goals, hitting the bars, fellas getting injured before games. Lads turning up who I didn't even know still played for us. You have Milner giving winks to lads before penalty shootouts. You have that. You have Tuchel galaxy brain and the thing before the for the before the penalty shootout. Then you have an eleven ten pen an eleven ten penalty shootout. We haven't seen that level of shy goalkeeper since Simon Mignolet was in goal for us against Middlesbrough in a league cup match. It's it's without doubt Eight, it is eighteen eighteen seventeen that wasn't it? eighteen. 17 against Middlesbrough where the goalkeepers almost got to take two penalties, right? So the League Cup to me basically cemented its position as the biggest winner in February and March, I'd say. I don't think we're going to top the League Cup, to be totally honest with you, in March. So. The League Cup. Um, I have to be honest with you, it's a nil-all draw yesterday, or nil-nil draw for some people. No, it's five-all. Right, but I can't remember a better League Cup final in a long time. And I, I put FA Cup. It was a brilliant game of football. Um, yep. th- there's there's loads of disallowed goals. There's you know there's loads of attacking. There's there's off the post. There's all sorts of stuff going on. And um, I don't know if you end up seeing that in an FA Cup. I think there's a bit of a freedom to a, a, a League Cup final that you don't see in an FA Cup final or a European Cup final um, because it's like. It's just like, oh, it's February and we'll have a go at this. And we got here and we've used a big squad. Am I going to throw a, a really hard, a big, you know, a strong team out today? And it seems like there's a freedom to it. Like, if we play that game again on Sunday at Anfield or at Stamford Bridge, there's no way there's amount, that amount of chances. There's no way there's that amount of disallowed goals or end-to-end stuff. There was, there was, there was 32 shots on goal. In in the 120 minutes, like you know, what I mean, from between both teams, um, I think the the league cup, like, right, if it was a four all draw and it went to penalties, you go, well, you know what I mean, everyone's dying for the league cup to come back again. But Davo, even at a nil all yesterday, it just came across as a brilliant, brilliant uh, league cup, oh, and, wait, wait, and people, have, he, and it just it went up in everyone's estimation. I yeah, I I think I think the people who are next happiest after Liverpool are the EFL. 
yesterday, mm. like they've they've had they've had four years of City winning the final. I wasn't at City won the last yeah. four, am I right? Mm. I, I couldn't tell you who they beat in one of them finals, to be honest with you. And then you'd obviously the us. The gobsh- yeah, yeah, the beat, yeah, the beat wasn't one. <laughs> yeah. um, Hologram the gold, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'd obviously oh, Brad fucking, you'd obviously the messing that the EFL with us <laughs> and the Villa game um, when we were at the World Club Cup, and they couldn't do something to try and get one of the biggest clubs in the world, try and give them a make make the second leg the first leg and try and kick on the game a week so they could get it's their remember DFL it's their premier competition the the League Cup and they they fucked up they couldn't do it and they forced our hand meaning that we send out the under fucking 18th to play against Villa and make a mockery of, of that competition so I think I agree with you everything you said in the final both you said crazy game brilliant game really really good game high quality game with two very very good sides and Fair enough, it was nil all, but like Phil said, it was five all really because there was offside goals, there was everything you were off the chair, you were down, um, disallowed VAR, everything. And 11 10 penalty shootout, I just think it was a real like shot in the air. Like as Phil mentioned, I, I totally agree, and I, I don't like the FA Cup, that's just a personal thing, I, I, I don't really like it. Um, I want us to win it this year, absolutely. But it's it's not it's a fucking first weekend in January matches over seven channels starting on a Thursday ending on a Monday. Don't know when they're playing. Pitches are shy. <laughs> Round your fucking league season. I'm all about the league cup. The final done in February midweek penalties. Now messing. Love it. Brilliant cup. I think. I actually think the FA cup. The FA cup is coming around to that as well though. You know, yeah. five subs exactly. Straight yeah. depends and stuff like that. Yeah, and, midweek. You know, oh, I, midweek. Go midweek, Tuesday and Wednesday night in between the Champions League weeks. Play the FA Cup then, and oh, we're playing this Wednesday the, in the FA Cup. We're yeah. playing this Wednesday in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. That's only because we played against a fucking useless yeah. competition. I hate it, Ben. <laughs> Chris. Um, you know, I think I like the League Cup, um, and I don't like. I like it to the point where. I enjoy watching the early rounds when we put out, like, we use squad players, academy players, players that, like, didn't go out on loan by the end of the transfer windows, that sort of thing. And as it goes on, you start going, oh, he might play this time, or we might drop him in. And then if you get where we got to yesterday, you have a really, really, um, you have a really strong, you know, team going into it. And Jordan Henderson says yesterday after the game, like, yeah, there was whatever, 18 players named in the squad yesterday or 19 players, wherever it might be. But he was at pains to mention, you know, all the players. I think we, I think it was is it 23 or something we used um, mm. throughout the five the five rounds. And he was at pains to, to go on about this because he was like, look, all them players that played at Norwich, played at Preston, um, they they got us here as well. So, but it's, ju- it's just entertaining the League Cup. If you, if you take it in the right context, it's really entertaining. Yeah, it's more fun. Uh, you tend to find it's a bit more of a different crowd for the earlier rounds as well. Cause that's generally how I've got my tickets for Liverpool games. Is normally someone gives a ticket, wants to give a ticket away. It's like, oh, I can't be asked watching Liverpool reserves against Arsenal, or I can't be asked watching Liverpool reserves against Leicester. So you tend to get most people's first games or youngsters getting a game. So it makes the crowd a bit more excitable. So which, which adds to the game. We've been a night game. I mean, my daughter's first game was the, the League Cup three years ago, the 5-5 of Arsenal, yeah. and literally surrounded by loads of uh, loads of dads with the kids. Mm. And most of the kids had never been to a game before. And it's like, oh, my mate, C.C. Robert said he, he couldn't be arsed with watching Liverpool reserves against Arsenal reserves. 
was one of the, it was one of the best games I've seen. And that's fair. That was the arrival of Cueven Kelleher as well because he he was brilliant. He had a brilliant. Uh, well, he's crapping the game, but he's good in the penalty shootout. Mm. You know, and at the other end, you had uh, Martinez, who now is the keeper Arsenal should have kept uh, by some distance. But you know, that's how you get. That's how you find out about good young players. So I enjoy. I enjoy it. The League Cup's always good fun. Um, I mean, I I still have fond memories of the League Cup in two thousand and one because I always felt that that season's when Liverpool started to get a bit more serious again. Yeah, I just I just think, um, especially this season for Liverpool, when you see what they've done against Norwich, Preston, and then you see the up it a little bit against Leicester, they do the same against Arsenal, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, uh, oh yeah, I see this. Uh, I've missed Phil. Brings a level of professionalism the others can't match. He's clearly no, fucking doing his whole gaff around while he does this show. Like, doesn't appreciate any of the shit I have to do all week. He just spends an hour on a Monday. Acting the bollocks with a lamp, um, so we just have to deal with it. Um, but with regards to um, with regards to the the league cup, I just think the way it's gone on, the way we brought in players and added to it and added to it, and eventually got to where we were. I just I think it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Chris, go on, give us your winner. Then. Uh, Luis Diaz, um, I've just loved him since he's arrived. Um, don't claim to watch loads of Portuguese football. You know, uh, I haven't got the time. Wish I did. Um, but I just like the fact we've got someone who's just got that bit of an X factor, bit of freedom. Probably what Manny gave us when he first came from Southampton. You know, I mean, the guy every time he got the ball, he was doing no look passes. He was flicking balls over fullbacks' heads. But there was an end product to it. And I like his versatility. But the big thing I've liked about him in the first two, three games is he's he's took some wax, proper wax. And he sort of bounced up and got at them again, which is the element of, which is always the thing I used to like about Suarez on the pitch was, the amount of times he got kicked, he'd get up and go again and go again. And that Paul Achalaba, who I actually think is going to be a really good defender, was having nightmares with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was helped that I think Chelsea's plan was, well, triple team Salah, so he doesn't get the ball, which worked. He didn't get the ball, but then they kept leaving Diaz one-on-one and it was absolutely killing him. I mean, so, I mean pretty much that's the reason Aspilicueta went off. I think he just pinged his hamstring trying to chase back. So, I just think he's been a bit of fresh air, and now it is giving us what we need, which is when Manny and or Firmino or Jota are off form, you throw Diaz in, and you go, it doesn't matter. No one, no one bats an eyelid that Diaz starts the final. So the fact he's only been he's been here like four weeks, whereas in the past when we've started some new signs, you've gone like, mm, I'm not sure he's ready. I'm not sure he's quite the level. This guy now, you look at him going, I have no problem whenever he starts any game, and it can only be good for Liverpool for like. A, Firmino or for Manny is if they're off form, just sit them out for three weeks. It's not the end of the world because you've still got quality there and then you can bring them back in later. So I've got with Diaz. Okay. Davo, he looks a player, doesn't he? Like he, he comes in and he plays a league game, a league cup game, an FA cup game, um, a Champions League game and he just looks like the bigger the game, the better. The more that's expected of him, the better because I thought... Look, I gave Creevy and Kelleher the man of the match yesterday simply because he makes some good saves, he scores a penalty, and then he's in goal for when Kepa misses. But if we're all honest, Luis Diaz was the best player in the pitch yesterday. Yeah, listen, I, I, I thought he was he was I thought he was probably the best player in the pitch. No problem with Van Dijk getting the man of the match because he was on for the one hundred and twenty. Actually thought quietly I thought Fabinho was fucking excellent yesterday as well. Um, but yeah, listen, he just he, re- he reminds me of Suarez with better technique. To be honest with you, he's better. He's a better touch. He's a he's he's better ball control. Um, he looks a player, and 
to be honest with you, it was. It, I don't know if you've heard it in the commentary yesterday. Gary Neville mentioned it was the first time he'd seen him live, and you could just tell in his voice that he was losing half a soul. That we've got another. You know, by him, he was just thinking to himself, oh, "For fuck's sake, he's got to sign another." He said he, he mentioned you can only see so much on the screen, but he says I'm telling you, his movement is fucking frightening. Um, so look, I, I thought I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was brilliant. I think probably annoying. So he. He might have taken him off and left Mane on because he got a knockdown and then he had to come off. Mane was because when the when he went off, our subs kind of weakened us. Um, but yeah, look, he looks a player. He, he looks a player. And Carragher mentioned it post game. Then he kind of said, "Listen, it's a good job Spurs kind of didn't make a move from because a forced Liverpool's hand." And then he said, "If he wasn't here, what kind of lineup would would we have had yesterday?" Because for me, you know. Is that Jota was nowhere near fit, nowhere near fit. No. Jota, I thought when he came on, way off it, and we'd have been left probably with Divock maybe having to play. And there's obviously, obviously, there's an element of a drop off there when that comes in. So, now listen, it's, it's great to have him, and it looks like we've got another one, and it's fucking happy days. Phil, um, that one mentions there, you know, uh, Liverpool were clearly or were meant. Clearly had their eye on him because when Spurs make a move of, of any sort, Liverpool go, no, this isn't happening. They go straight in. They match Spurs' bid or whatever it is or they go in with their own bid and they get it done. And we've seen in the past players come in and, you know, they're, they're eased, into a, eased into a side. And, you know, you think of Andy Robertson, even Fabinho to a certain point when you look at some of the big players in this in this side. But he's come in and, and okay, Fabinho having an injury might have changed things and Jota having a, a niggle changes things. But, Klopp has spoken about Phil where he's kind of went, I've never seen someone so happy in training, never bubbly, laughing, all action. He looks to me a player, I feel that Klopp just can't, you know, bed in. He just has to put him in there and play him um, because he just seems to have that much quality. He's ridiculous. IP Vanish is a VPN service that um, have very kindly given an offer to us for our listeners and viewers. Um, they have a big uh, sale on at the moment, 70% off. Um, but if you go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers, you will get um, another little bonus on top of that. So basically with IP Vanish, um, they just want to let you know that going incognito um, when you're browsing doesn't actually protect your privacy. Without added security, you may as well have your private data be handing it up to hackers Advertisers, your ISP and other prying eyes. Uh, IP Vanish um, make it easy to stay private and secure on the internet. Okay, they 100% encrypt your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communication, browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes it uh, virtually invisible online. It's that simple. Um, you can use it on unlimited devices, tablets, computers, phones, even on your Fire Stick if you're streaming some media. So don't forget that as well. Um, at home, in public, um, you can go online and use IP Vanish, and you can be absolutely protected. Um, offering a, they're offering a seventy percent off the yearly plan for our listeners with a thirty day money back guarantee. It's basically nine months free um, if you work it out. Um, if you go on to the IP Vanish site at ipvanish.com, you will see a rate for the year with a discount. If you do ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers, you will see an, another um, little bonus on top of that. Very easy to use. It's one button and you're protected. So. Make 
make sure you check it out. Um, you won't even know it's there. Just once you hit the button, you work away as normal. And they are ranked uh, 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. IPVanish.com forward slash, uh, forward slash day trippers. Check it out if you're looking for a VPN now or in the future. And as I said, 70% off. So go and check them out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Like my own, my only um, criticism is the goals. Yeah, but like it's too early to tell whether he's going to score enough goals for us or not. Jota came in and he scores a hundred goals for us in, in two games, right? So and and straight away we're getting something we weren't expecting expected to get out of Jota, and that's continued and continued and continued. Um, I'm just trying to think: is there has there been a modern day forward who's come in and not? Scored loads of goals to go on and then score loads of goals. And again, the only the only sort of comparison you can you can make is Suarez. But Suarez does come and score in his opening game, and he scores the next couple of games. And it's just Suarez. It's it, for Suarez. It was always like you felt he could score more because he was either hitting the post or he hitting hit the, the bar. bar or ridiculous hit, amount of times. Yeah. Do you remember that it's, Kenny season? He, he hit the bar like fifty eight times or something like that. You yeah, know what yeah I mean? it was ridiculous. Every week he was hitting the bar. It's it's, it's my one when it clicked for him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, in, in terms, and then, but like it's my one bit that I want to, I want to see Diaz deliver on his goals, right? Mm. Like, because the one thing Salah does when he arrives in, sort scores goals. The thing we all makes us stand up about Salah, like, and I, I was singing his praises coming in, expecting him to be able to hit somewhere between sixteen and eighteen goals a season from Salah, the way he'd been playing in Italy. Um, I haven't seen enough of Diaz to know, uh, but from when he was coming in, anyone who had seen him was saying that he scores plenty of goals. So I'm hoping the goals come from a lovely uh, technique, great technique, and then seeing and is able to use his technique, which is like the, you know you have fellas who are flashy and, and does nothing with it. He's definitely got a, a, an impact on the point of attack. But there was that one on one with Mendy when he went through, and he doesn't score it right, and that to me was it's probably the only. Warning flag I'd have in terms of looking on. Do I enjoy watching him? Absolutely, really enjoy watching him. Right? Um, you can't not. He's that type of swashbuckling, grafting street footballer that's just phenomenal to watch when you see them dribble with the ball and, and see what way they they want to play football. Um, but I'm just wondering, as I said, to you, the only warning you're gonna have is when do the goals start flowing, and are we gonna see the goals start flowing? Because you know, Mane is not getting any younger. I I think. When I look at him, like he gets a goal against um, Norwich in the league, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and he's played four or five games. He has a goal, um, but I think that'll come. I think he's still learning who he's playing with. I think he, he's learning what way they play, what they look for, and as well as that, he's played in four different competitions, which means he's played with four a lot of variety in the team. So it's hard to get an actual run of things. But I, I agree with you. Like you know, if he's if he's 
gets to the end of the season, has 20 games under his belt and he still has one goal, you go, he needs to do more. But from what I've seen in the first five, I think he's... I just, I just look at him and I think he is quite flashy. I will say that, but he backs it up with the fucking pace he has and how direct he is and how he absolutely worries people. Because you've seen loads of players before and they're real flashy and they do all the fucking step overs and not a lot comes of it. You know, are they beating anybody? Um, even if you go back to Ronaldo in his early days at United, um, his debut is, I think, at home to Fulham. And I think he gets an assist on the day. He may, but he does loads of step overs and crosses it into the Strafford end two or three times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you see him growing over a say, and within within three four years, he's the best player on the planet, arguably. You know the sort of way. With, with Luis Diaz, I look and I go, I don't mind the flashiness. I don't mind the no look uh, pass and stuff like that. If you're gonna back it up and be and and penetrate defenses, and that's what he looks like he's doing already for me. So he's definitely. I think he's, listen, I think I think he'll get more goals for me, you know. Uh, in a season and he mightn't get up Mane numbers might be in and around that he won't get I don't think he'll get Salah numbers uh, but he won't uh, so I'd say he'll, I'd, I'd be fairly confident he'll get more goals than from me you know, on the team so he'll play more games he's injured every three weeks mm. I think Diaz over a full season in the front line at Liverpool should be looking at 15 goals plus Mm. And I think if, if Salah continues what he's doing and Jota continues what he's doing, even if it's a fall off from, say, Mane, that would p- probably put you 20-25 in a season. The fact that Jota would score an awful lot more inside mm. as opposed to what Firmino would score, it probably levels itself out or you probably come out a little bit on top. But having said that, you know, it's not all about Luis Diaz. It's about all the other players you have there as well. And if you have options, you have options. But I think so far, so good with Luis Diaz. He, I thought he was unbelievable yesterday, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I'm going to go with my loser first. And it's um, Bielsa at Leeds. Um, sacked by Leeds um, after a horrendous run of form. He's being replaced by um, the guy that was at Leipzig. And Salzburg March, isn't it? Jesse March? Jesse March. Um, Jesse March, sorry. He's American. Um, he is yeah. American. He was at Salzburg. He done quite well. He only lasted 21 games at Leipzig and has now been made Leeds manager. I think he's done his fourth interview today. But Bielsa, I, look, I spoke to Joe, the Leeds fans, last last week. Um, he was on a show with us. He was very, very honest in his assessment of Leeds, but he was adamant that Bielsa shouldn't lose his job. Um, but I was talking to him at the weekend. I said, look, Joe, they have to make a decision on this. You know, the man is a legend at Leeds. Um, Joe will tell you that. He's brought them up 16 years out of the Premier League and he brings them up. He plays a really nice brand of football last year, which was a bit mental, but people enjoyed watching it. It's caught up with them a little bit. And I think I was trying to say to Joe, like, you have players coming back. If you can hold out till then, you might be okay. But I think what, what does it for Bielsa is doesn't change what he's doing doesn't change and he looks to me like he's lost the squad the squad just haven't got it in them to keep doing every week what they wanted like he's beaten 3-0 away at Everton he's beaten 4-2 at home to Manchester United he's beaten 6-0 away at Anfield and he's beaten 4-0 at Spurs or home to Spurs and you're looking going and 6-0 away I think at City as well you know and if you just put them games together it's, it's fucking 20 plus goals in 5 games or whatever it is and it just looked to me like he'd lost the players the players just hadn't got it in them it was like we can't do this anymore and the answers to our problems isn't to run more you know it's to be a little, little bit more intelligent and I'm sad to see him go I think um, just because of who he is and, and what he's done in the game 
But I think it's I think it's the right decision if they want to stay up because doing the same thing over and over again doesn't make it right. And that's what it looked like they were doing. And they were doing it to an actual the impact was getting less and less all the time because for me the players looked like it just they, they just couldn't do anymore. And on top of that, the players that were due to come back, the likes of um Phillips, um Bamford and one or two others, they just didn't get back in time. They just couldn't hold out in time to get them players back. It just didn't come quick enough. So my loser of the week is Bielsa um, because he's lost his job, but I have to say I'm sorry to see him go. Chris, um, Bielsa, the correct decision? Yeah. Um, I think it was, it, it was sentiment that was still keeping him in there. You know, 20, cause in 20 goals in a month, you know, the one, one game in 20 in this year. Isn't isn't the recipe for things going well? And I saw a lot saying he won't adapt, he can't adapt, which is a little bit of mythical bollocks because he did show last year, Jan to May last year, they are they were in the top five best defenses for home, at home. So he did adapt and made them more solid defensively last year. Now maybe he didn't have the players, but he definitely could have done gone back to the formation he had second half of last year and made them a little bit more difficult to play against. They still scored loads of goals and still were entertaining. Uh, but it, it was almost like they just said, we're going to go gun-ho and to hell with it. But if you're going to go gun-ho, you've got to have the, the tools to do it. And, you know, Daniel James up front is not the tool to get you loads of goals. It just isn't. You know, he's a winger. You know, you play, and then you're playing your centre-forward Rod, Rodrigo in midfield. It doesn't work. So it's sad to see him go. Look, I think he'll always go down well in Leeds because of what he did. He took them up. He made them relevant again. People, you know, talk about Leeds a bit more now. You know, people were excited to see Leeds or hated seeing Leeds back. But either way, they were making Leeds a subject to talk about. But the time it felt right. He, pro- he probably, if I, if Morris probably should have gone a bit a little bit sooner. But for the new manager now, he's, at least he's got some uh, winnable fixtures in front of him. Okay. Um, Davo, Bielsa, Leeds, correct decision. Jesse Marsh. Uh, look, it's a results business. How he was always going to get the ball. I'm kind of be with you. Be a little bit sorry to see him go, but there's a few different. Look, I remember Gary Neville mentioning that for the big teams, he goes, they love playing against Leeds. It's too easy. It's just too easy uh, for them. I think the big thing for them is the goals have kind of drove. They've always been leaky with the way they play. Uh, they go man to man, but. They're, they're not scoring any goals. He, like I, I saw, a bit, I, I've seen bits and pieces of them over the last few weeks. Obviously, I watched their game with them, but the Everton game, they're two nothing down at half time, but they hit the bar twice. Um, Rodrigo two buttes could have easily went in level. Um, I believe the Spurs game at the weekend it was four 0 but it could have been Leeds definitely should have scored two or three. I think Larice was a bit fucking a wall for large parts of that game doing some mad shit. And now Leeds missed an open goal as well. Um, so I think just the goals have dried up. They've always been fairly leaky. They go tit for tat, but the goals have the goals have stopped going in. Um apparently it was I was I heard I was reading something that uh they'd made the decision before the Spurs game. He, they'd already spoken to Marsh last week about coming in. So that result really even if they won, I think he was probably getting the bullet anyway. But um, I listened to a Leeds journalist there last week saying if they did get rid of him, how will they get a new manager bounce considering his kind of word was deprogrammed. The new manager will have to come in and deprogram that Leeds team from that high, pre- that high press or 
the man to man or whatever the, the the frenetic way that they play, and he kind of felt it might be a bit of a disaster if a new fella came in and tried to deal with that, especially when they're staring. Uh, or they're, they're definitely in a relegation fight now. So, um, interesting to see actually going forward what happens to them. But I am a little bit sad to see him go, yeah, because what he's won in the game. Mm. Phil, you know they're dropping like a stone in the league. Um, they're losing game after game. Uh, the, the players look out on their feet, and Dabo says they're like they bring somebody in. It's going to be a complete change. As because Bielsa is, is quite unique in what he tries to do. Like we all see teams press, but this is just insane what he tries to do. Um, could he have held on and just seen, or is it just a case of now we could be going for the championship here and we've been there 16 years? Something has to change, and the first thing that changes is the manager, regardless of what he's done over the last three years. The bravest thing a club can do is not change the manager in that situation. Um, but there's no, there's no real, there's no. It's it's look at the draw whether you're able to pull over or not. And like it, it doesn't really matter. Your man Jesse March is is failed at Leipzig, right? Mm. Um, it's not like they're getting a, a, a nailed on surefire thing. Um, they didn't go the Sam Allardyce route to try shore it up and keep them in the the Premier League and, and see what happens. Um, and uh, I don't know. Look at at the end of the day, um, it's evening time. And when you get Leeds and Ellen Road and the, under the lights, and maybe bring back Dave O'Leary for a bit of uh, nostalgia and, and a boost. What Dave O'Leary's doing now? He's still wandering around trying to find his boys in Madrid. Thought, he doesn't know where any of the I young thought, boys. I thought the last time seen he was living in Dubai or something like that. I think he is. I think he, he is. Yeah. He did. He did. He went I to Dubai. The, no, for, the last for, I heard him was trip. only a while back, and I thought, Jesus, like he just disappeared, like completely, like you know what I mean. And I know it was well, a mental time at Leeds, but he just like chill, did he do Leeds and then he done Villa, didn't he? Villa, yeah, yeah, Villa. yeah. And then I think that was might have been the end of him. But that's mad. But massive wallet at that stage, and he's going, "This is grand." <laughs> yeah, I'm all to do boy. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, um, I'm finished now, lads. So I'm, I'm going to be off here. The young boys are growing up, and I've, <laughs> I've done my job at this point in time. Yeah. But come here, some lunatic there. Um, suggested that we should swoop for Calvin Phillips. Unless Calvin Phillips is a DJ that's going to play uh, music in the dressing room at halftime, they'd fucking rather wear a sock around a cone and stick down on the pitch. The, 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 big, the, big, the big thing, the, the big thing about the, the, the players that are there, like uh, that's another factor of it because there's rumour going around that um, Rafinha, uh, there's a £60 million asking price on him. But if Leeds go down, it's £25 million, right? So he obviously has a relegation clause written in. I'm wondering, is there many more like that? And they're like, listen, we are going to not only get relegated, but we're going to lose like a ridiculous amount of money on players here if we go down. And that's probably part of it. Calvin Phillips is a good player. Um, the only pro- the only thing I would say about him is he seems to be picking up injuries. And that's like genuinely, don't bring me any midfielders to pick up injuries because I not can't deal with any more of them. Not a, he's not a good player. He was a one-season wonder that did well for a league. No, he is a good player. No, he's not. He's not. Okay. He's not. I think he is. I'll tell you, you're, you mentioned Rafinha there, Gav. I think he's probably won over the last couple of months whose stock has really, really dropped. He's been yeah. linked with us. He's been linked with Bayern Munich. And I think more the, the issue with him over the last while has been his attitude. I think it's been stinking. He's been stinking the gaff out. Uh, he was hauled at halftime at Goodison. He was he was building the ball against Hardens, against us. Um, and... I think his attitude kind of is is has been questioned, is in question, and 
particularly we now with Klopp and stuff like that, he wants to know what fellas are like if they're going to come into the dressing room. Now, listen, I don't know that he's a, he's, he's a target. We'll have to bring a Diaz in. It looks like we might get something done with Fulham for that Carvalho young fella. Yeah. Listen, the ship might have sailed for him, for Liverpool, but I think he's one that's, personally, I think his stock has really, really dropped off. I know we be, like, around the international break there a couple of months ago, scored for Brazil, he was getting raved about, but, Jesus, performance. I'd say there is a games. Yeah, I'd say there is a few looking, we're looking at him and looking going, mm. it's getting tough there, Leeds, and he seems mm. to be, like he gives away the corner at Anfield where Van Dijk scores a sixth goal mm. and you can see, you can actually see him turn around after thinking, after giving away the corner, as if to go, this is a lot of ball. Yeah, the towel has gone in with him, like, and if you're looking at that, like, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's, 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 it's easier than like that, of course, you're pissed off, right, but, the towel, you're meant to be probably the talisman of that team, apart from Phillips, and the towel has gone in. Mm. But look, it's been difficult for them. They've been missing Phillips and Bamford, and obviously the captain, Cooper. I, listen, I don't know too much about him, um, player, like how good he is, are bad or indifferent, but he's the captain. Yeah. Would, have, would have been one of the leaders, and they're missing the trade. And apparently, I, I don't think Bamford's going to play again this season. Apparently, he's still he's still in pain when he's walking, it's a foot injury. Mm. And he's been out for a while. There seems to be no sign of a clearing up. So I think you can you can reel Bamford out for the rest of the season anyway. So they're yeah. fucking they're, they're banging. They're See that that's a great show from Owen Bork there, Gav. Terry Venables did take over from Dave O'Leary at the time as the interim manager of Leeds. Probably phoned up and said, Dave, don't worry, I'm not the manager. I'll just stand here beside you for games. And then he was the manager. Is that how Terry Venables <laughs> rolled at that mm. time? Um love before we get before we get to where um, we have one two we've I think we've three winners left and one loser um left to go but before we do Phil yeah, you like to talk about something random on this show and this week it's um it's a short sponsor this is immense this is absolutely immense and let me just put a bit of background on this a couple of years ago on this podcast when it used to be just a podcast and not a video show uh, Nilo our, our old friend and colleague attempted to get um, a sponsorship from, who was it? What was it? Uh, X in the City in, in Liverpool, right? So we were very close to securing a sponsorship deal with a strip club, right? So I, I, and I remember at the time going, nah, nah, I don't, I don't think you can do that, right? <laughs> However, it was, the, it was the Washington Squares have managed to outdo us all um, and they have signed a sponsorship deal with Red Tube, right? <laughs> They've released their jersey. <laughs> in terms of what they're going to do for their kit, which you can all, if you squint your eyes really closely, you can see what's going on in, in that in that one there, right? Um, Washington and it's, Square, it's, I presume they're like a, an American. Yeah, they're an American team in Washington. Team or and, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they've managed to secure a sponsorship deal with Red Tube, and now they're pinging all the most watched ladies on uh, Red Tube <laughs> to see if they turn up at their games to try help with the crowds there's just, so there's no there's no <laughs> end to what some clubs will do isn't it like it's just uh, I don't know is this confirmed though like it is yeah. confirmed like alright yeah. so it's not something where Washington Square have thrown this out as an idea to see if there's any reaction they've just thrown it out and went this is it deal with it yeah. there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be murder over that that'll be pulled there'll be murder over it most you know, watched you know, team you know the Americans. <laughs> on Red Shield. immense. Luke Bowers and the Bob Marley gear gaff. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a mad one. Um, but like, fair play to them. If they're having a go, fair play. But like, I don't know how big Washington Square are as a side and how many supporters they have. And, you know... They have to get, they'll have to get some of, their, some of their players to change their names. 
Richard Hardon at playing at number four will be the best one to go at, right? Okay. <laughs> you can start ranging, okay, ranging so you want you, 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 you not only want this sponsorship, <laughs> you want people to, pe- to change the name by deed, Paul, because of the sponsor. Yeah, we can have okay. Colin Litt playing at rifle. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, I, we leave it at that. You see, this way, I don't, I don't, I'm not mad about your fucking random stuff, but there you go. If you fancy a Washington Square jersey, um, check them out because they are sponsored now by uh, Red Tube. Is that what you said to me? Where's Miranda Cheese when you need them? Yeah, <laughs> no, look, I'm, I'm the so rabbit. fucking happy he's not here the tonight. Film. Um, yeah. He's got the cling film out, Phil. Yeah, yeah um, that was one of the most mental comments I've ever seen on this channel, to be perfectly honest with you. But there you go. If you want them, um, if, and it could be a collector's item because I'm, I'm a devil. I think uh, yeah. they will release this and then someone will come along and go, not a fucking chance. Most <laughs> most, most likely the league themselves going, no way, it's not happening. But then again, it's in America. Anything could yep. happen. You know, Anything, anything goes. Happen. Anything goes. Um, Do you remember St. Paulie had the pole dancers in the, in the, in the stadium? No. Yeah, go check that one out after the show. Okay, well, there St. you go. St. Paulie used, um, used to have a pole in the stadium because uh, the fans obviously owned the club and decided what went on in the club, and they had a pole pole dancers in in, in the stadium. So, okay, no problem. Um, so, somebody somebody has informed me there that 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 red shield sponsorship is from about four years ago, Phil. Great, about time we talked. So about now, now, do we need to check it out now to see if it went ahead? Or what happened? We need a follow up on that now. If that's who the case. cares, it brightened up my Monday, so you can all fuck off, pretend it's, it's how it happened today, right? Okay, it's brightened up your once it brightens fill, up Phil's Monday, fuck the rest of you, basically. Um, so <laughs> back to Davo. Davo, who is your winner of the weekend? Oh, listen, it's not very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's original, listen, it's. Qu- yeah, it's not very original. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I was, I was, I was struggling there, big time, Chris. Thanks. It's not very original, but uh, Queevee and Keller has to be Queevee. Um, just can't think why. Just, um, like Chris mentioned earlier, that five all game. I remember that five all game with Arsenal, and I thought he was very poor. He wasn't ready, and I wasn't sure if he was ever going to be ready. And the jump he's made. And what did you say? That was three years ago, was it, Chris? think so I think two three years yeah, ago lockdown three so. years ago the, the jump that he's made from then to now obviously working with Akterberg and whoever else um has been huge one more so than like I think we'd all agree like we, we didn't miss Allison yesterday we didn't miss Allison nope. at Stamford Bridge so I know he's not getting a lot of games he played in the League Cup game um the obviously the Leicester saved a couple of penalties in the Leicester game he's played all the way through on the League Cup bar the Preston game I think Adrian played so he's he's not getting loads of games but I would probably argue from my point of view I know Phil played in goal as well from my point of view like he's he's played twice against one of the best teams in Europe the European champions one at Stamford Bridge one at Wembley in a cup final with the eyes of the world on him and he's been absolutely superb in the two games and I know he's not I know from an Irish point of view, we have Gavin Bazoon who was on loan from City at Portsmouth and he's playing every week, which is which is great as well. But I think it's just a different way, a different way of doing things for keepers. It doesn't always have to be that way. I think he's learning an awful lot. I think someone said earlier, I wouldn't I think it was Ray, Ray Dick, I said I wouldn't underestimate what he's what how how big it is from working with Allison uh, day in and day out. And I just thought look at he's playing arguably like the City game is the biggest, our second biggest league game, our tour biggest league game away from home and he's played in the cup final and he's been superb in both of them. 
and uh, just great. And I think Klopp said he's probably the best number two we could have in the world uh, at the minute, and he wouldn't swap him for anyone. And I'd, I'd be of that opinion as well. Superb. It's um, I think you know how highly rate him that he never sent him on loan. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones could have easily went out on loan. Harvey Elliott was a bit different because I think he was just pushing so hard that they went, can we take the risk and send him on loan? But you see he's back and he's straight in the first team squad. But you say Dicko says that earlier and I, I can't agree I can't agree more. The fact that he's there now, I think it's three years he's training with Alison Becker now. And you mm. can see he's not Alison Becker, but he's very close as a prototype in the way he plays, the way he approaches, crosses, shots, um, comes out of his box, how he tries to work with his feet, um, distribution, all that sort of thing. And I'm going to be honest with you, you couldn't have made a better story for me yesterday. Bar Harvey Elliott banging one in the last minute into the top corner, I don't think he could have made a better story on that because the row all week, not a row, but the discussion all week was, Oh, sentiment and stuff like that. And oh, should he play? Should he not play? And Jurgen Klopp said, look, I'm a manager, but I'm a human being. And there has to be, there has to be, um, a space for this sort of thing in football. And he sticks to his word. He plays him and he doesn't let anybody down. He makes a cracking save early on. He makes other good ones during the game. He's cool. He's calm. He slots away a lovely penalty. And then he's, you know, he's in goal for that, the one that skied, but. I was absolutely delighted for him. Chris, you know, he doesn't get many games. Klopp says he asks him to do an awful lot for him um, day in and day out. But just to see that yesterday was absolutely, and not just because he's Irish or anything like that, just it's, he's a goalkeeper that's been there throughout the whole run. He's get he, he's given the final and if he makes a, a howler there yesterday, it's like, oh, you should have played Allison. you should have played your goalkeeper. Tuchel doesn't. Tuchel goals were his first choice instead of giving the League Cup goalkeeper, as you'll call it, the the start, but obviously brings him on for the pens. But, but Chris, he, he does nothing wrong yesterday and then he's right in the centre of attention when it comes to, you know, scoring for Liverpool and, and Chelsea missing. It was it was amazing. Yeah, the best, the best way I could describe it, he's the goalkeeping version of Joel Massip. Because when Joel Massip, for the last two, three years, was always picking up injuries, when you drop Joe Matt in, he might not have played for six weeks, seven weeks. You never knew he hadn't played for six, seven weeks. He just played his natural game and fit and slotted in perfectly. And Kel has kind of got the same mentality as doesn't play. I mean, he hasn't played since the for second of Jan. So he's not he's not played now for four or five weeks and then you just drop him in. And he his levels what it was four or five weeks ago. That takes us a high level of um mentality and maturity to do that, which is could only be a good thing. And in goalkeeping terms, he's a baby. He's 23, which in goalkeeping terms is nothing because most goalkeepers now don't get anywhere near the peak till they're probably early 30s. You know, Alisson's probably getting close close to his peak now. So he's got a lot of years on his side. Um, it's just as long as we can keep him happy to keep him there as a number two because he's, he's really, really good for us. And I don't really bat an eyelid now if he's picked. You yeah, know, I, I I did say like you know it's a cup final. I'd rather play my first choice keeper because it's cup final. Liverpool don't get to many of them. But when they said the picking Kelly, I wasn't like losing my mind over it. It's just like, well, I'd rather have gone for Alisson because he's first choice. But when I saw him start, I wasn't panicked over him starting. I was panicked over. I may have been worried about a couple of the outfield players, but Keller's one of the ones that if he's in. Don't doesn't really phase me at all. Phil, how highly should he be rated? And as a goalkeeper, you know, as number two at Liverpool, 
and the age he's at, he probably is going to look for more regular football. What should he do? And what should Liverpool do with regards to Keevan Keller? If he's highly, if he's as highly rated as I think he is, why Liverpool? I'm going to do this quick so we, we aren't stuck on it right for a start. I, I'm delighted what went on from yesterday. He's about 15 million times better than, mm, I'd say, 13 other goalkeepers that are playing in the, in the Premier League at the moment, including all the English ones. Every single English goalkeeper is better than Um <laughs> So I think that's impo- important to, to state at the outset. He's 80% Allison. So if you're 80% Allison, that means you're in the top bracket, in the top 20 goalkeepers in world football. That's how high Kelleher is now at this stage, right? Um, and to put him in context, he's the third best goalkeeper we've had since Bruce Grobler left the club in 1994. And I'm not even messing about that. The, the three best goalkeepers we've had, Allison, Raina, and Kelleher. Every other one was an imposter. Like, if you rank, what's Kelleher like compared to Dudek? I'd rather, if you had Kelleher Dudek, I'm going with Kelleher. Right? Kelleher Vestervelt, going with Kelleher. Kelleher Mignolet, Kelleher. Kelleher Brad Jones, Kelleher. Like, the list is endless. Ken, Kelleher David James, Kelleher. Kelleher uh, Friedel, Kelleher. Kelleher Corkland, Kelleher. Kelleher Carson, Kelleher. Like, uh, this is, and this isn't even just um, all that uh, hyperbole. We've seen him play now a number of games for Liverpool. We've seen his quality. We've seen his calmness. We've seen his psyche. You can't breed that in a goalkeeper, right? Um, and that's some, something he's going to take everywhere he goes with him. Do I think he, we can keep him? No, I don't. I think we've got probably another season at best with him, right? And then the lure to go somewhere and have a full career would be too big. The only so, thing that keeps him at Liverpool is could if, you do a Courtois? It's that well, it's only deal? like Which in terms was? of go and, and come back. Sell him with it. I think I think Courtois went in a two or three year loan deal to Madrid, but there was no recall on it. It was you're going there, you're their keeper for three years. Uh, I, I don't agree. There was an agreed fee at the end. Oh, you're selling with a, an agreed buyback clause. I'd love to see him go for him. I'd love to see him go to to Spain or Italy or Germany, and just so, do something different to the typical career when you leave a big club, and that's just to go to another club that's, that's say, somewhere ranked between 11th and 6th in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to see him go. Wouldn't it be great to see him a bit, do a bit what Chesney did when he left Arsenal? He went to Roma, and he then carved out a career with season ending up at Juventus. You know what I mean? It's, it's totally different to what you'd expect a goalkeeper to do. And for me, I want to see Kelleher achieve what he possibly can because I think there's, a, there's an opportunity for him to be bigger than any other Irish goalkeeper of all time and I know we're talking about Bazzano but he's going to have to figure out his own career path as well because he's not going to get anywhere near the City goal unless Edison pisses <laughs> off and, he, and, and as long as Ryan um, Pep is there he's not so but there isn't that, his psyche his mentality and you could see it yesterday he's deeply cool under pressure um, big Jesus, when he, when he when he scored the penalty, Phil, I, I seen it on that uh, inside Wembley there, the, the camera angle they had. He just he, he he scored his penalty and just kind of trotted in and walked onto the goal mm-hmm. line. There was no, it was like he was after being crossing the ball for Allison in the warm up or something. Do you know? Do you know who reminds me of it in terms of the mentality, Davo? And this is where it jumped out because I watched it again. Seaman. Mm. that unflappable nature where and and Allison has it as well. It just has this unflappable nature where 
a mistake has no impact on on how they approach the game or how they play the game. And you can't you can't make that. Somebody saying bigger than given. Yeah. He's already bigger than given. He's about six, six foot five. Six like this. Foot, no, he's six foot two. <laughs> given wasn't as small as he, I think Given's about six foot warm, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but, but, six foot two, I think. Yeah, lads, smaller, look. Yeah, but it's just he's wiry. But when you see him standing at that goal for those penalties and he puts his hands up and his hands are comfortably going over the bar, like you, that's that, that that guy is tough. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think enjoying what we can, unless something happens with Allison, um, Kelleher will be heading off. But I would love to see him go to, I think somebody's mentioned the Dortmund there. That would be a fantastic fit in my opinion. I'd love to see, I'd love to see something like, like Chris mentioned, like, um, you know, listen, we're putting you out for a two year loan. Um, and we're bringing you back as our goalkeeper. And if you get another year out of him, <clears throat> right? If you get another year out of him in the squad, and then you do that to another two years, that's another three years of Allison. Mm. You know, the sort of way. And it could be a case where Allison, you know, how much his family is, you know. And I'm not, run, I'm not running Allison out of the club, but it might get to the stage where Allison goes, "This, I want to go back. I've done ten years in Europe. I want to go back to my family um, in in Brazil, mm. and I want to finish out my career there with my family around me, um, and nobody will." deprive him of that you know I wouldn't be letting Cuevi and Keller go without the chance of getting them back now mm. having said that you could go away for two years and you go oh listen he's played fucking 80 games and he's not being good you know he's good mm. in flashes but he's not good over the series and it could happen but right now the way he is I think Liverpool should be looking to protect what they have while he's here and protect their interests if he does go and wants to play football I think that's the most logical way to do it Um Let's fly through these. Phil, your winner. Of, oh, um, I, no, I oh, your loser. Your loser. Either. Sorry, your loser. FIFA. Up until today, they made an absolute hames of this Russia thing. <laughs> they should have been just banned last week. It, it, it took it took the the Czechs, the Poles, and the Swedes to say they will not play Russia in any in any shape or form for them to actually back down. I think the FAI have thing. said the same, haven't they? The FAI have come in today mm. and said they I will, think will not play. Better are on the radar now as well. Yeah, well, that's because the Belarusians look like they might be about to help out with the Russians because oh, they, they have are. such a, yeah. a, a mare, right? So, like, for, from my point of view, um, typical FIFA and UEFA, it, it took the national FAs, which is saying something, to actually force them into doing the right thing. It's a disgrace. And finally, today, UEFA then pulled the plug on Gazprom um, and it took them so long to do the, the Champions League. Uh, funnily enough, Phil, I think UEFA have been actually better, uh, better than FIFA, which is strange. They've been a little bit quicker to it. But you have to remember, lads, this isn't a fella just walking into work this morning and saying, listen, we're pulling the plug. They would have to go down a legal route. It's not going to take an hour to do. You know, that's not when we say that that's that's also that that, that's nondescript. They're the governing body. They can decide where things go. And when when they wanted to make the decision, when 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 again, when the when the media pressure came on them, they were quick to pull it. And also, I want to say FIFA, your man Infantino. Was questioned mm. on his Medal of Honor he received from Putin. Oh, I heard that from Rob Harris. And, um, yeah. yeah, and he refused to answer, and then they cut the press conference off. The FIFA PR handlers cut the press conference off. So FIFA, UEFA, being as ever, set them, throw them into the fiery dumpster. The sooner, the sooner we get the European Super League, the sooner we get rid of those that two shyster organisations at the top. Okay, Davo, anything on that? Um, listen. I, I, not not a whole lot to be honest with you because I'm not educated enough really. I, I listened. I, I did listen to bits and pieces. I heard the Rob Harris uh, 
question to Infantino about was Medal of Honor he got from Putin and how he was asking him about does you regret being in bed with him for uh, the Russia World Cup and he was kind of fucking he just fobbed it off what did he, what did he call it Philly, Philip busted the question he was kind of yeah. waffled on for a few minutes and then the press conference cut off um, that, Phil is right the, none of this this would all be the status quo would be the same apart from the players and the the national confederations coming out and saying, "Listen, we're not playing Russia. You can do what you fucking like, throw us out, whatever. We're not playing Russia." And um, it's actually good. I'm, it's actually good. I was only asking my own man today: Would Spark be a team that maybe pulls this war to a head? Maybe that, it, like I know Putin's a lunatic, but if if like if Russia is kind of um, starts getting put, like ostracized like South African apartheid where during the apartheid I mean he's not going to want that either he likes the ego he likes all the bells and whistles of the Sochi Olympics and Gregory Rochenko and getting all these medals and this that and the other and all. he loves all that as well so listen, not, to, not, not to rub it in on the Everton fans tonight but uh, I, I hate to break the news Usmanov was added to the list did you see that? Usmanov is off the talk is, is he's added to the list, but it's actually the Americans that are adding them to it. Well, um, as soon as he got, as soon as he goes on that list, Gav, it's game. Yeah, over. no, but the the talk is that um, they're two separate <laughs> companies, so we we don't we don't know who's been off is on it. Um, listen. And Sean, he just Sean Lawson just put a, a, a thing into our WhatsApp group there saying the trustees at Chelsea are considering resigning over this because um, they don't want to take stewardship. They don't want to take stewardship and blah blah blah. So I didn't obviously I didn't read it. So there is look at there's all there's all sorts of stuff going on. I'm not educated enough to be going in talking about that, but I, I just wonder will Sport have a will Sport play a big part in getting this to slow down or getting it to some sort of Peace, maybe sports. Well, look at uh, listen, Gavin probably won't because Putin's a fucking lunatic. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not educated enough, but it's it's good to see that sport has it's 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 after it's fucking yeah, it's reacted and it's after do you know what? It's after throwing just, a couple of spanners just, in a couple of walks yeah. every just uh, just uh, think far, of far everything things. tonight, Devo. Their underwater stadium is sunk. Their major <laughs> backers are being ostracized in, in the Russian world. Frank Lampard is laughing all the way to the bank and they're going down. What a, like, look at the compared to ourselves. Fourth trophy down to four and we're on, on the march and our goalkeeper, our sub-goalkeeper is winning trophies for us. Kelleher has now more trophies than Everton has in the last 24 years. Diaz rocked in 27 days ago. Yeah. Chris, for you, you know, it's... The sanctions coming against them all over the place. So I'll leave myself the last on this one, but do you think Russia will give a shit that clubs our teams won't play them in Europe and teams won't play them in World Cup qualifiers and you know Olympics or wherever it might be? Do you think he cares? I think Russia cares. Whether the guy in charge Russia cares, don't know. He's he just looks a bit of a lunatic. I mean, I'm not well read up on it, so I can't comment too much. But he just looks like I'm. He just looks bananas. I think everyone thought he is, but I don't know how he's. But these sort of people, I don't know how, how do you talk him down. Well, you don't. Who, really, who? So. You don't. Yeah. What's going? What's What's going to drive any real change? If a change is going to come without any annihilation of Ukraine as such, is if the oligarchs 
revolt in terms of what's there. That's the only power. This this um, season, the assets and stuff is is a power play to try drive change internally in Russia as opposed to um, doing anything with that. Because if the likes of Uzmanov, Abramovich, and all that type of stuff have their assets seized, that's a that's a much like that is the pressure point. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. on the the support structure that holds Putin in power as it is in, in Russia. But look, you know we're not dealing with. Um, democracy or anything like that yeah yeah it's just a bizarre 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 place I don't think sport will do anything to change that man's mind as to what he wants no because at the end of the day he will see the Ukraine and their joining of NATO and NATO being that close to Russia as much bigger than any fella kicking a ball or any fella winning the medal Mm -hmm. or woman right um talks are is that they're, they're holding talks on the Belarus border with the Ukraine um, he sent a delegation you know if he if he wants to do this he will do it and what he's doing is he's throwing out enough threats around the place as well he's basically telling people if you help them you'll know we will react like you've never seen before and he's also telling them and what by, by what I mean in help is you send them fucking guns Never mind people. You send them guns or or, or or rations or whatever it is, we'll react to you. We'll consider you as as the enemy as well. Now, I don't I know whether it's a, a lot. I don't know whether it's a lot of bluff from them. I don't know, but we'll find but out. I think there's a well, bit. Of, we I, don't I, find out. But listen, I think there's Q- a bit of embarrassment there on his behalf. That I, I think he thought this would be a very quick team. Yeah, they'd, just, they'd, yeah. they'd mill in. They'd fly through Kharkiv. They'd go to Kiev. Your man had leg it. To the states or something like that, and then he'd install whoever he wants in power. They got better out of Kharkiv, didn't they? The, the troops, but they got the, they're taking a lot of casualties. The Russians, they they they, did, they weren't able to overthrow Kharkiv, which is I think the second biggest city. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere near Kiev, or they're, they're trying to head towards Kiev, or whatever. So it's quite a bit a bit embarrassing for them. I think they've had to roll back and regroup and stuff like that. So yeah, no else. Look, it's 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 not a great. Situation There's lads in the Ukraine robbing tanks with tractors. And there's other there's there's women on TikTok in the Ukraine robbing tanks off the Russians and showing other Ukrainians how to jump into a tank and start it up and do a bailer on it, right? So if that's the case, then you know that it, you're facing a disorganized thing. So, but it, you know, I will say one thing. I think what this is really interesting is is that this war started in 2014 um, with all the Russian influence on various different social media channels, particularly Facebook. It's been going on for a good while at this stage. And it has a severe impact on the on the world in terms of what we're looking at, and what they haven't have what they hadn't catered for is the fact that the Ukraine is one of the biggest um, programming and IT beds in all of Europe globally, um, and the information war that they're engaged in at this moment in time is one of the best you're ever going to see waged because it's it's look look at look at social media look at all the feeds everywhere it's all very pro Ukrainian that's there and that's that's. Essentially, wartime propaganda. That's the that's how to, how you get your message out and win over the hearts and minds of the people that you want to, that you want supporting you, and that's exactly what they're doing. So, anyway, I'm not getting into into no. into that thing, no, but, but it just it, as 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 a, as a sum total, my place the loser was FIFA and UEFA to to, to get have to end up in a massive level of pressure from the players and the associations to have to do the right thing. It's absolutely ridiculous. They remind me of the Catholic Church in the middle of the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. Uh, going around boring people left, right, and centre. Don't give a bollocks. Well, Russia Gargoyle says Russia have been um, taken out from the World Cup. They've also been taken of the Eurovision Song Contest um, uh, and some other big events. Uh, Putin mm. 
Um, he says, still doesn't understand the big consequences on Russia. Uh, Love the Eurovision, mate. An isolated country. Listen. Can we do a Eurovision we, specialist? No, 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 100%. No. But um, Love look, it. Hopefully, the best thing hopefully, ever. This gets, hopefully this gets finished as quick as possible with the minimum amount of well, they will watch um, casualties. And um, watch along on the Eurovision, not a fucking chance. Um, 1975, Jamrock says, uh, it's actually not about NATO if you listen to his speech. It's about uh, all the countries that were split up when they were USSR. NATO play was a farce. Um, yeah, all them countries are split up, but this is triggered by, he doesn't want NATO in Ukraine. He just doesn't. Um, but look, there's lots of other things. There's lots of other things. Yeah, there's lots of other things. As Never well. expect the Spanish yeah. Inquisition. That no true word is spoken. Um, who's next? Phil, you've done that. Davo's done that. Chris, loser of the week. Yeah, I was going to do some uh, officials, but to be honest, it's fucking boring. So instead, I was reading through the program, you know, from the from the uh, from the match yesterday. I was a really good article in it. It was the middle of the particle. Here we go. <laughs> shootout specialist I mean if, if you could ever you know set up propaganda so this is, so this is, in, so this is in the official this is League the, Cup this final programme official League Cup final programme which I'd already ordered pre-game uh, before the game I'm flicking through it this morning and page 38 is shootout saviour Kepa as a balaga okay. I thought that's quite apt so I thought do Kepa as me loser of the week because he just made a show of himself well Trying all these bollocks to, you know, put people off and just got nowhere near anything. It was just hilarious. And this is the same guy about three or four years ago. They tried to take off to bring Willy Caballero on because he's better at penalties. Yeah. And he wouldn't, and he stayed on. And then I don't think he did fuck all against City as well. So it, I thought it was quite funny, to be honest. Well, we done, um, we, done a, we done a show on it last night. We talked about capable. I'm interested to hear Davo and Phil on this, right? So um, Davo, then Phil. Davo. What is Tuchel doing putting him on the pitch? And on top of that, what is he playing at between the final whistle and the first penalty and throughout the penalties to to the point where he's standing on the fucking post for Virgil van Dijk's penalty. Virgil van Dijk still goes that side and puts it past him. He was like, I said it last night, he was like a court jester. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, from the final whistle to the start of the penalties, I missed that bit now. Um so basically, I missed it as well, but the last time, because I don't watch any of the in-between stuff. Mm. But basically what the lad said, look, he was asking for a ball constantly. He was like, fucking, he was like, he was so fucking hyper and asked for a ball and Milner was going down to take the first penalty and he's asking for the ball at Milner and just dancing around on the line and stuff like that. Like, he literally come mm. on and looked like, you know, no, listen, as, 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 rega- goal, let jump yeah, as, as regarding taking him off to put a goalkeeper, look, it's, it's not a new thing. Like, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be hung drawn and quadrant too too tough for doing it. I mean, they've done it before and it worked. Um, it's not a new thing. Jesus, I can remember a playoff final Leongsko, Martin O'Neill's Leicester um, against I can't remember who they were playing and they brought a big some big blade Russian six foot nine keeper on the hundred nineteenth minute and they happened to Leicester happened to go down the other end and get a winner in the last kick of the game so they didn't need him. But like it's not a, it's not a new thing. You're going to if he if Kepa comes on and they win it, if if it's, if the roles are reversed there and he doesn't save a penalty but he scores his and Quivey and blasts his over, they'd be all saying, sure, he's doing right. But more to the point, I, I thought, is carry on for the penalties. I, I don't know. Sean, he mentioned it. 
popped into my head actually Jordan as well why the referee wasn't booking him there was a young Irish goalkeeper sent off Johnny said there was two of them I didn't realise it was two there was a young Irish goalkeeper sent off in the in a shootout I think a couple it's of years ago by the ref, by the, by, by referee Joe Hawkins yeah, Joe Hawkins for, for it in the other, I think Joe Hawkins for in under twenty one sort of it and that, and that was just for gobbing off yeah strong no, this was just off. coming out and he, and he got so he missed the was just stepping off the line. Um, so how he wasn't booked uh, for his carry on trying to do it for every penalty but <clears throat> listen I love Fabinho's penalty but my favourite penalty a lot was Van Dijk just milling the ball straight at his head and he fucking getting out of the way <laughs> yeah. it was the look back yeah and if you watch it, if you it's watch, the look back that gets me yeah and if you watch the inside um, Wembley video from Liverpool you'll see if you watch towards the end you'll see Van Dijk and Fabinho making reference to Kepa mm-hmm. um, after the game and during the celebrations Phil mm-hmm. um is it just is it is it a psychological thing just to do it because I don't know how Barry is a goal, goalkeeper or penalty <coughs> who had a fantastic game by the way. I think the record speaks that Kep has won three of the last five penalty shootouts or something like that. He won two in the run to the final, and they've done this on a couple of occasions, and it worked. I think it worked only a couple of weeks back for them as well. So, um, Tuchel has this ploy. He firmly believes that Kepa is a better penalty shootout expert uh, and in this instance he conceded 11 penalties so that's uh, one of those things but did you see we were working with a crowd called Neuro 11 to mm-hmm. prepare for the penalty shootout all week long so this wasn't just a, a trained thing this was they had a, a, um, mind scientists in to train them mentally as to how to approach the penalty shootout and so Chris, from your point of view, the next World Cup, you'll hear about all Euro 11 going into the England team yeah. to sort them out for the penalty shootout. And then Pickford will it's have fun. no arms. And yeah. he, unless you can save a ball with his tongue, it uh, won't make a little bit of difference. <laughs> so, I think Klopp, I think Klopp even so, said, he goes, but the last four penalty takers were on the list for yeah, like uh, work with this cover. So he did say, the last four he said, but they just hit it, didn't they? That was his. Canate's penalty gave me wiggly bum. He didn't know what he was doing, didn't he? Not to run up, he was like his legs were all over the place. Well, he didn't, um, he, he was just going, What do I do here? Do I yeah. kick the ball? And uh, it was great, but like, you know, Kepa himself, the, the two things. His, I think Kepa's head goes on the Van Dyke penalty for a start, right? Because I think the one before it does it. It the, the one where he gets the hand to it and it goes in. No, no, Fabinho, Fabinho where, where does him. Chips him. Fabinho, I think that embarrasses him. Yeah, then, Fabinho does him, and then Van Dyke finishes him off. I think he tries to double down by moving across the goal for Van Dyke, and Van Dyke just blasts mm. it in, and then looks back at him just to go. And then Salah, Salah actually hits one Salah in was, and laughs. Salah at him. was outrageous. He just laughs. Yeah, he sends him the wrong way. I'm not not sends him the wrong way. Salah literally puts it. In the side netting, as close yep. to the post as you can possibly get. Like, yep. it doesn't matter. Two goalkeepers in isn't saving it, and he's laughing at him. And yep. it's it's literally like, you know, it's not like he starts off doing it. It just continues on and on and on. But and a- after that, Gav, after that, he's nowhere. He's diving out with things like I think we put three penalties straight down the middle, right? And he's they know that he's going to dive. If you look, we'll go back and watch it. I think. um does Milner's go straight down the middle? No. Jota's go straight. Jota's go straight down the straight middle. Down the middle. Fabi- Fabinho Arigis, goes straight Arigis, down the middle, yeah. and Origi goes straight down the middle. Origi's very central as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, they knew that I he was, was going to dive. Do- 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 I, I think relieved. his head I was, goes. I was relieved he came on. Um, 
Look, he could have put us in the arse because he's done but the four Mendy was in, he was having one of those games where you're thinking, nothing's going to fucking beat him. Yeah. Mm. And he's massive, Mendy. And also, he just won the AFCOM in a penalty shootout. <laughs> so he's probably in more form than uh, Kepper. Yeah. So I get I get why you say, oh, it's pre planned, but, but sometimes I think with managers, you've got to have a feel for the game. Of Galaxy going, like, brain. Yeah, Galaxy brain look, shit. And look too, at him. But... And, you know, look at yeah. Mendy going, well, Mendy's having a worldie. So uh-huh. why, why was it? It'd be like now Liverpool going, Oh, Kellogg's done really well. Yeah, but even if that's we're pre, gonna, even if that's, we're going we're gonna to bring Andrean on because even if that's pre-arranged, even if it's pre-arranged before the game, if he's watching man. Mendy play that game, Tuchel should be strong enough to go. Listen, Kepi, you're not going on. He's fucking out there and he just can't get the ball by him. I'm leaving him in the goal because he's probably in their heads more than you coming on would be, you know. And I don't think Tuchel is strong enough there. And then he comes on and he should. If he'd have come on and been like rigid. You know, staring them down, not showing any emotion, not jumping around on the line. They would have, they would have, Liverpool players possibly would have found it more difficult. But the fact that he's jumping around and he's hyping, he's just there going, just put a ball, ball past him, he's an idiot. Um, but look, it is what it is. And our goalkeeper comes out on top and so do we. And we get the trophy. Um, I'm going to finish this off for a winner. The winner this week, our man C. Um, without a doubt, because of the decision they were given. Um, on Saturday evening against Everton at Goodison Park. Um, but if you have two referees that are probably betting on games, it's very easy, isn't it? Well, you don't know they're betting on games. I didn't mention any names. I didn't say it was. I'm just saying if you had if you had two referees that were betting on games and had access to control the matches through VAR and stuff like that, it would be the easiest thing to set up. And that's completely be. unrelated to the Manchester. <laughs> it would be, but you know, but you know what the funny thing is about this? Man City have won the game, which is great for them. Mm-hmm. All right, and then. Afterwards, they know they've really won this weekend because they've li- literally the officials have come out and said, "Yeah, it's actually probably a penalty." And then you have to watch Dan McGallagher on TV today. In- in- he should just come out and go, "Listen, they've made a complete bollocks of this." But he starts showing this image and that image, and what? Well, if this image kind of is inconclusive, but if you look at this image, it's not. So he's probably and he's dancing around it as much as he possibly can. Man City are the big winners of the weekend. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. They weren't good at everything. Everton played all really well in what they were trying to do. Went 1-0 down because Michael Keane forgot he had feet. And then, for no reason, um, Rodri extends his arm, hits the ball, and he controls it with his arm, and then clears the ball. And people will say, oh, the offside, the, the match did not restart on an offside. It restarted at the point that Rodri handled the ball because he was in control of the ball at the time, and because it was not given as a penalty, the game would start from there. Um, so they, for me, are the biggest winners of the weekend because they got away with a massive, um, massive three points um, in the title race. Can I just point out to anyone that's moaning about VAR, can you please stop moaning about the technology? The technology works really well. It's the gobshites who are um, utilising the technology that's the issue and remains the issue. And the most incompetent group... It's the people on process. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the, the most incompetent <clears throat> group I've ever seen in a, such a high profile role and job are the officials from the PGM oil. I've never seen a group make more mistakes outside of health services across the world that they, that that honestly continue to get to maintain their jobs, maintain their employment, to maintain what's going on. Most of those guys, if if you are if you are if they were footballers, they wouldn't be getting picked for the team if they kept making the amount of mistakes that they were. If they were a goalkeeper. If that goal, if they, if all them played a goal, and they made all those mistakes, yeah, they'd be curious. They'd be what was your man's name that played for United at that time? Um, Toibi. 
That, that's what you that's what you'd be thinking of them as. They wouldn't have a career. It's outrageous that these guys continually get the games. And did you see your man Cavan or something was on fire then the following day? So yeah. you know, when this backlash yeah. is going on, these guys should be suspended and they should be sent back to the train and they should be put to the bottom tier of football and, and made work their way back up to until they get to the top tier again because <laughs> it's outrageous. It's it's a it's an old boys club. I said to you, it's, it, there's no and nobody's going to change them. It's 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 um it's it's, it's a bizarre bizarre setup. Yeah, it, it really is. But I think they're the winner. I think they're the winners of the weekend. Um, Davo, do you want to say anything on that before we leg it? No, I just you mentioned the offside and I thought, listen, I'm not a fan of Lampard, but I thought he was good in, in his post match stuff. After he, he said the first question he asked, um, whether he's um able to talk to. Stockley Park VR, he, he, he spoke to the officials anyway and said, is Richarlison also in the build-up? Because he said, if he was, he says, I have no argument with the referee. And he said, I was told no, he wasn't offside in the build-up. They were able to tell him that he wasn't. So then he obviously said, listen, like you said, it's a disgraceful decision. It's, it's a comp- At worst, it's incompetence. And he says, at best, he says, who knows? Um. Sorry, like, one like thing, Davo, I also want to point out, and it hasn't been made, Air Gold was disallowed for Van Dyke's tug on the arm of the defender, which mm, prevented yeah. him from getting back to defend Mane. Right? There's another angle from the far side that shows the Chelsea defender doing the exact same tug to Matip, and Matip manages to shrug him off. Like, in reality, if you want to be if you want to be straight and, and fair with this, like, you could do off, like, they don't do it, but you could have offsetting fouls like they have in, in American football where you offset if you have one foul on the on the offensive side one on the defensive side both are just ruled out and you go back and you take the free kick free kick again do you know what I mean like that's what, yeah. that, what I think happened? it's because they thought do you think it's because they thought Manny was offside yeah. and because he wasn't you can find something if you, you can find any, you can find a foul yeah, well, they, they, don't, they don't do an offside they do it for they, they yeah. go back and look and go he's interfering and Van Dijk has said didn't touch the ball but I think if Van Dijk is actually moving towards the goal when that happens, I think he, it, it's a goal. I think if yeah. he's, because he's stepping back towards his own goal, you know, in, in a way of I'm not attacking this ball, but I'm stopping somebody. I think that's what gets him done. I think it's just his left hand there, and that's not much. Yeah, I know, but, the, but this is what we're down to now. This is what we're down to. Go back and look at it when they show the reverse angle. It was, there's, there's the one angle from the far side where the free kick is starting to come across. Where if you were looking behind the ball and it's coming across this yeah. way, you could see the defender, it could be it's either silver or someone putting their hand across Matip and doing the same motion. As what Van Dijk does the far side, except yeah. Matup does like a, a, a block move to get the hand out of the way and gets free. So when he's there for when the header comes back across, yeah. it's it's very strange. It, you know what? With the Everton one, the biggest thing in it all is that he doesn't go to the monitor because what you're mm. hearing off Dermot Gallagher and stuff today is, well, this one's inconclusive and this one looks inclusive. So if VAR think that they should be going, one does and this. one doesn't. Listen, just go over to the monitor mm. and look. It's definitely worth a look, and then let him make the decision. But again, because he doesn't go to the monitor, it it stops the process. It inserts that grey area, and then we don't know where to be going with it. And and that's what, for me what it's all about. Follow the process to the end until you can make the decision. And they're well, not. Doing set, it. There is a precedent set now, though. If you tell the ref to go and look at the monitor, probably twice I've seen a ref go to a monitor and not change his mind. To be fair, one was against us uh, away at Fulham. But it's almost like the precedent now is if they send it to the monitor, you know the decision's getting reversed. So as soon as they said mm-hmm. the ref's going to the monitor, you knew Matip's goal was done. 
Yeah. You didn't have to look at every replay. You, like, yeah. you know it's done. It's like yeah. part of the pantomime now. But look, that's we're going to be talking with VAR for a long time. And, and like Phil says, the technology is there, but the, the people and the process is the issue. And if they don't change, it doesn't matter what you do. It, do, it just doesn't matter what you do. Uh, Davo, anything else before we go? No, no. Good. Enjoyed that fourth time on, so I'm sure it'll be back again. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, anything else before we go? Uh, only to say good luck to Liverpool's goalkeeper, Riley Foster, who's having the halo removed uh, tomorrow. This lady broke her neck in, oh, yeah, in the, the seven places. Mm. So she gets the halo removed tomorrow. I think she's going into a hard colour from there. So slow progress, but you know she's making a recovery from a horrific injury. So yeah. that's good to see. Yeah, and hopefully she does yeah, make somewhat of a full recovery and a quick one, uh, as quick as can be, I suppose, in that situation. Mm. Phil, anything else before we go? Hurry the fuck up off the fetus, baby. Okay, okay, we'll hurry up, though. Um, that has been uh, winners and losers for this week. I should be back tomorrow at 2pm with the COP update. We will be back with a midweek fix tomorrow to preview the Norwich game and um, for the rest of the week on then. we let you know as it goes. Don't forget our sponsors, Failicon. Um, link in the description for the website and also for the Donate page. Um, Betmate, still available to people in the, in the description and we will be having another go with that for the Norwich game. And IP Vanish, if you're in for a VPN and you're looking for a really good discount, check out um, www.ipvanish.com dot com forward slash day trippers and you will get it for about three dollars twenty um a month. So there you go. That has man been on it. Eurovision. Man on Eurovision. The oh, watch man along. on Eurovision watch along me and, could be coming me and Neil are gonna do the, do a watch along for the Eurovision. Okay. Man on Eurovision. Let's see how it goes. Talk to the bit over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.